Hello, and welcome to The Personal Wealth Coach. This time around, we're a podcast. Wait a minute, last time around, we were a podcast too. Literally, though, we're people doing a podcast. You may have actually come to the podcast thinking that we're, that's all we are, but we are really people as well, in case you were missing out on that. We're also bald. This is The Personal Wealth Coach, and that should be a disclosure by itself. We're bald. We love puns. Uh, this is Jake and... Jeff McClure. Together we are the Personal Wealth Coach, and we're also the principals at the SEC Registered Investment Advisory Firm, the Personal Wealth Coach. That's not a coincidence, obviously. Just because the firm is registered with the SEC doesn't mean that we're automatically export experts. It doesn't mean that the SEC thinks that we are divine children of the government. If, if that did mean that, I think most of our clients would leave. Uh, divine children of the government. <laughs> no. Uh, so we're not implying in any way that they like us more than they like other people. They don't do that. Liking is not in their job description. Just because we're registered with them to give advice doesn't mean we can give it on the air. I know that seems weird because advice is something anybody can give anyone, but when you're registered to give the advice, you can only give it in private situations where you know the person you're talking to. So instead of advice, it's called education. Welcome to an educational podcast. And would you like to complete your disclosure on here? Okay. The information we present on this educational podcast has been obtained from some sources we deem to be reliable, but we make no warranty or guarantee as to the accuracy or completeness of said sources. Or we do make uh, accuracy uh, claim when we're incomplete because we didn't say it. So all unsaid statements are incomplete by definition. We guarantee it. Thank you. <clears throat> so this this week uh, we have a couple of podcasts being released. Uh, this one is going to be talking about what's going on in the market this week and just a bit about why. Uh, so we'll go into some detail on the other side of this very exciting bumper music. Welcome back to the Personal Wealth Coach with Jake and Jeff McClure. Uh, today we're going to talk about the market, so why don't you just jump in? What happened in the market this week? Well, it was pretty impressive. The S&P 500 stock index that we follow um, stayed above the 5,000 level, closed at 5088.80, which is a really big number, but not as big a number. And we don't normally talk about the Dow Jones Industrial Average because it's you know, 30 stocks and it sometimes is not very representative of what goes on in the market. Not that the S&P 500 necessarily is. It closed above 30,000. Now, why is that important? Uh, above what number? Say that 30, again. 30,000. 30, for, for whom? What, what, what is this index again? Hold on. The Dow Jones Industrial <laughs> Average. Well, it's been over 30,000 for a while. That's why I'm asking. Oh. <laughs> was it forty thousand? Because it was at thirty nine for a while. Um, uh, I'm. I haven't even looked at it. Yep, uh, thirty nine thousand one thirty one oh, is where it closed today. Okay, it, it, it is, touched you, above forty thousand. I'm stand corrected or sit corrected, as the case may be. And the reason it it, it, it passed through forty thousand and back down a little bit, or maybe it just got up in that area. But the reason that's important to me. Is I remember when it cost, crossed a thousand, and I certainly remember when a long time later it crossed ten thousand, and I pretty clearly remember when it crossed twenty thousand, 
and then 30,000, and now 40,000. Almost. Almost. Uh, that's just pretty impressive. That's just basically all I was trying to say. Yes. Um, well. 30,000, 40,000, it's just numbers. Yeah, but they're important numbers. Um, the the S&P 500 is above the 5,000 level. Like I, like I said, it's 88.8 points above 5,000. 5, and it's was up 1.66% for the week. It's about 6.7% ahead this year. And it is an astonishingly 28% higher than it was at this time last year. Folks, this is a bull market. If you didn't realize it was a bull market, I just thought I would announce this is a rip-roaring, charging bull market. Uh, it's up 30% from, the time, from, from this time three years ago. Wow. And the charge this week was led by one of the Magnificent Seven, NVIDIA, and NVIDIA hit the $2 trillion mark. Now, it slid back a little bit at the end of the day. But those of you who have really, really, really long memories. Like at least remember, a month. Yeah. Uh, can remember um, five and a half years ago, the first stock crossed the first issue on, in the American, in, in traded in the United States crossed one trillion. Yes. It was Apple. Uh, that's weird. And then NVIDIA punched through the $2 trillion barrier today, Friday, and it's only the third most valuable stock. Wow. Um, that's, a, that's astonishing. Uh, yeah. The splendid six, as they're, as they're now called, <laughs> collectively make up more than a fourth of the S&P 500 index. The splendid wow. six or the magnificent seven? Yeah. So all, well, all seven of those, six of them are really, really, really big. Seven of them are also really, really, really big. Well, Tesla's dropped out of the running for the, because there's nothing very much AI-ish about Tesla right now. They're, they're trying to get AI-ish, but they've missed AI-ish somewhere. Well, the, uh, here's the deal. And, and I'll throw this out there because it's important. Tesla didn't get into the AI market because SpaceX did. Oh, Okay. That's what Grok is. So we'll just go back to that another time. Yes. Well, the point is the, the Splendid Six have more value than all the large banks, insurers, industrial companies, and consumer staples company in America. Uh, it's NVIDIA alone is worth, more, worth about 20% more than every energy company in the world put together. That is one of those things that is mind-boggling and is different. It's the same, but different. Uh, in the 90s, we had a group of stocks that led the way, but none of them had such a central role. Maybe Intel, but I don't, I don't think even Intel was there. Uh, had such a central role in something this big, and this big being artificial intelligence. Yeah, maybe, maybe Microsoft and Intel combined. Yeah. Um, what, did, what did they call that for a while? They called that Microtel they, they, or Microtel or Insoft soft or yeah. something like that for a while. Right. The, the point in, that I'm trying to make here, and, and I think it's important, is the market, the United States stock market, and more specifically, the S&P 500 and, of course, the NASDAQ, are doing some amazing wealth creation. And in many cases, I have said in the past, and Jake has said in the past, we've had a lot of trouble justifying it. In this particular case, I think I don't have a lot of trouble justifying it. Something is changing very profoundly in the United States economy and in the world. And I'm not ready to say exactly what it is, but I think the biggest piece of it 
is a huge increase in productivity. We saw this 100 years ago. It was the Ford Motor Company that did it. Uh, but this huge increase in productivity, the result of that huge increase in productivity is that the United States is having a problem, and we'll talk about that in our next podcast more, with the economy running too hot. It's, it's running harder and faster than our infrastructure will support. Um, the rest of the world is going the other direction. So I'll get off that and get back on the market. Okay. Um, the the stock market is going to town. Now, we follow another uh, index, the CRSP, U.S. Mid-Cap Value Index, for several reasons, one of which is it has been doing a really good job of indicating what the rest of the stock market would look like if you took the Magnificent 7 or 6 out of the system and you just looked at the rest of the market. The uh, It's up 1.28% for the week, which sounds good. Closed at 2545.17. Um, it's up 1.21% this year. It's up about 5.13% from a year ago and about 11.55% from three years ago. That is the way most of the market is performing right now. There's just a few gigantic companies that are roaring into the stratosphere. And historically, uh, we are following a neat little pattern that we've seen before with the big companies, the big high-tech companies roaring into the stratosphere and the rest of the market just kind of tagging along. And this will be interesting to watch. The bond market now, that's the other side of there, using the benchmark U.S. 10-year Treasury note yield as the indicator has been headed in the opposite direction. Now, I know when it's reported on, the bond market, it's up. For instance, it's uh, the yield on the uh, 10-year Treasury is about 10% higher than when the year began. It's at 4.26. But you have to remember, when yields rise, the value of bonds fall. And the result is, if you hold a bond portfolio and you have stocks, pretty good chance that you will you have seen your stocks rise if you have a broadly diversified portfolio and your bonds fall. And I noticed that uh, some of the one of the fidelity uh, managers, major fund managers, they didn't say which one it was in the, in the report today, is selling out of his longer term treasuries. He runs a balanced fund and he's basically saying longer term interest bearing securities are likely to be in trouble for a long time because he's becoming convinced, as we have been for some time, that long term interest rates are going to continue to rise. And that's what we're seeing. Short-term rates will come down at some point. Sometime around June is my best guess is when they'll start lowering rates. Uh, they may wait till later. And why would they do that? Why is the Fed going to wait till later to lower short-term rates? Well, frankly, the economy is not hurting. It's showing no signs of pain. Uh, and because it's showing no signs of pain, the Fed's going to leave the interest rates up. And I think we're going to see a return to a normal yield curve in the markets, not so much because short-term interest rates fall, although they will, but because longer-term interest rates rise, which means long-term interest-bearing securities are going to fall in value if you have them in your portfolio. And that's West Texas Intermediate Crude. I didn't talk about that. It fell 3.35% for the week to 76.54 per barrel. Why? Demand around the rest of the world is shrinking. And it's not just around the rest of the world. It's here, too. This is one of those weird technological shifts. We're using less oil. Why are we using less oil? Because we've we're not burning it in our power generation plants as much. We're using natural gas a lot more than oil. Oil was a factor there. Coal was a factor there. Coal prices are way down. You're not going to hear us talking about coal, coal prices for a while. Why are they way down? Because it's not being used very much. There's more efficient ways of doing it. Um, eventually, if the price drops enough, I'm sure China will turn on their coal plants again. But until then... 
the price is going to continue to go down because people are using it less and less and less. So the technology is shifting in a lot of ways. And this isn't us jumping on, as anybody that's listened to us for very long knows that we think that technology moves forward extremely quickly, but it sometimes feels like it's taking a while. And every time it does, you have a large percentage of the population that is anti the new technology. This just happens. They eventually become pro the new technology. And this goes back into our deep storytelling tall tale roots of uh, Paul Bunyan and John Henry. Who were they fighting against? Well, they were fighting against new automation techniques and putting... John Henry was a steel driving man. He was putting those pile driving right in there into the... getting those... Uh, railroad track ties put together and machines do it better and spikes 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 not ties he um, wasn't driving ties no he wasn't driving the ties you're you're correct um that not even the bow ties not no ties were being driven uh, but the spikes were getting driven and the technology yes. of the time was saying hey people don't need to do that anymore we're going to actually have a steam engine run the spikes in as well. And so we have tall tales about the guy that could beat the machine. We have the tall tale about Paul Bunyan, who's out there chopping down the forest with his mighty axe and dragging it out with his massive ox. Um, and in the process, what was he up against? Well, he was up against the newest tractors and the newest bulldozers that were pulling logs out of the forest that people could not do so this is the same thing that's happening today when people are upset over an electric vehicle just because it's an electric vehicle because they feel like this is a new thing and i like my old thing and that must mean that you're some kind of somebody who disagrees with me if you like the new thing that'll change over time it always does i'm going to pat us on the back please don't hurt your shoulder i won't okay about about 10 years ago we talked on the radio and we published in the newsletter that the world was changing and that it was work was going to be locale irrelevant and that the concentration in city offices was going to fall and people were going to be working remotely from their homes. And that is, I just want to say, uh, I was in the process of uh, doing a financial transaction this week and I realized that the team of people that I was working with, one was in Denver, one was in Chicago, one was in uh, Norfolk, Virginia. Another one was in Austin and I was here and it was all to do with a transaction between me and a person in Tennessee. Sounds like a standard business transaction these days, but it's absolutely absurd compared to what's happened in history. If you wanted to make and, that deal happen in any given day, you couldn't do it across that many people in different locales. And it's uh, it, 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 no paper changed hands until the final documents, which had to be ink signed because the bank wanted them ink signed and we had to overnight them. But the world has changed so dramatically in the last 10 years. And I think we may not be even aware of how much it's changed. And if you think it's changed a lot in the last 10 years, I'm going to tell you, in my humble opinion, it will change significantly more in the next five years than it did in the last 10. I agree. What we saw during the pandemic was an acceleration. We were talking about remote work and how we're going to be doing that in the future. And we were looking at it in a multi-decade period. Then we hit the pandemic and it got accelerated. And a lot of things got accelerated in the pandemic, technologically speaking. Our ability to deal 
with new technology accelerated during the pandemic because it had to. So that puts us in a that fulcrum, the shift, the uh, whole sets of paradigms that we had about everybody needed to be in the office. That's not a paradigm we hold anymore. And there's whole sectors of the business world that it's never going to be the case again, unless you're just learning what the business is like and need to sit with somebody who's going to teach you. For right now, if you're a programmer, you just most of the time don't leave your house or your apartment. And that's amazing. Um, that's probably most programmers prefer never having to go deal with people in public anyway. So it certainly puts them more at ease. And that about wraps up this week. Thank you all for listening. If you would like to talk to us off the air, we actually do give investment advice and portfolio management for people that have relatively high net worth. The numbers to call in here locally are 254 947 one 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 one, or you can call toll free. Should you still have a landline that still works, at one eight hundred nine one four seven five two six. That's eight hundred nine fourteen plan. You can go to our webpage, thepersonalwealthcoach.com or tpwc.com, where you're going to find lots of our podcasts and radio programs going back way, way, way into the past. You can read our newsletters, see what we had to say about stuff in the past. You can sign up for it there as well. You can contact us through the contact form or email us directly at jeff at tpwc.com or jake at tpwc.com. Until the next episode, this has been The Personal Wealth Coach.